Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Lego with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin, and this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Now, some of you might be asking... Who is this Kevin? Where's Jenny and Joanna? Well, trust me, I also wish it was Jenny or Joanna introducing this episode of Hyphenated. Obviously, the reason that a lot of you listen to this podcast is because both Jenny and Joanna are very talented, prolific actresses, comedians, producers. And what comes with that is that they also tend to be very busy. And this week, they are exceptionally busy. They're Busy schedule is something that I have to deal with on a regular basis. A big part of my job as the producer of Hyphenated is coordinating and scheduling Jenny and Joanna once a week to record this podcast. And almost every week due to their schedule and all the other work that they do, it becomes very difficult to do it. And this week, both of them are so busy that I was not able to schedule them either together or with a guest. So I thought if they're not available, maybe I'll host this week's podcast. And as my guest on this one episode of Hyphenated, I'm going to have Joanna Hausman and Jenny Lorenzo separately so they can talk to us a little bit about why they're so busy right now that they can't record an episode together. So enjoy this episode of Hyphenated. First up, we have Joanna Hausman, a Venezuelan actress, comedian, and writer that you may know from her comedy videos at Univision's Flama as well as a correspondent on the Netflix series, Bill Nye Saves the World, and as a voice actor and television writer, including the head writer for the upcoming Disney show, Hamster and Gretel. Hey, Joanna, thank you for coming on Hyphenated. Wow, okay, Kevin, this feels a little <laughs> bitter. <laughs> thank you, thank you for taking the time. Okay, first of all, I always, me and Jenny always, always, always prioritize making time for hyphenated. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's just a couple of extenuating factors this week that are insane. I mean, it's like getting me and Jenny together in the same Zoom room for even 30 minutes feels yeah. like an impossible task. And not only yeah. that, I sound like a frog is nesting in my throat and speaking for me. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every week, by every time that we try to coordinate uh, recording, my biggest fear is that we're going to get to a day when like neither of you can do it and we have no episode, which hasn't happened yet because this week mm -hmm. we have both of you guys just separately. Yeah, uh, at the very but, least. Yeah. So uh, so it sounds like you, I don't know, it sounds like you've just been partying up. Like that's why your voice is all crazy. Like you've been just having a good time, like kicking. I mean, I've been having a great time, but also working really hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Um, 
So yeah, like um, I was just at Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. Sounds like fun. It, it is. It's, it's one of the biggest conventions that brings fans to their favorite show creators, movie creators, um, comic creators. Um, and I was there presenting with my um, showrunner and with the cast of my show, Hamster and Gretel. We were there presenting the show for the first time, like kind of like mm-hmm. bringing it to the public. So it was like a lot of press, a lot of events. Mm-hmm. Um, hence why I lost my voice completely. I was screaming over people for like a good 72 hours yeah. straight. I was there and like, yeah, they dropped, they, they brought you into the, the room from wires. You're dressed up like the hamster. Right. Oh my That's God. A- You're such a freaking pretty little liar. No, <laughs> they, I wish. Can you imagine? I would have loved to have been presented yeah. that way for the panel. Like the rock. But you were there with Jenny. I was there. Um, yeah. For my panel. And it was yeah. like really special. And I loved seeing you guys there. I was a little apt to be totally honest. I was like a little overwhelmed backstage. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, there was over 500 people waiting for us to get on stage. And, and the cast was there. And we were like all a little nervous. And then I peeked and I saw you and Jenny. And I don't know that that made me feel a little bit of relief. Like, oh, at least there's yeah. like two people out there that are like going to be excited for anything I have to say, even if I mess <laughs> up. Um, and I was able to mention Jenny's involvement in the show as her yeah. character in Abuela. And that was really exciting. We, we had Dan on the show before. My my boss, Dan Pobemeyer, yes. the creator of Phineas and Ferb, and now the creator of Hamster and Gretel, the yes. show that I had wrote. Yes. And then you weren't really able to talk a lot about the new show because it wasn't really all fully announced. You want to tell us a little bit more about the show and about what you do on it and then what like Jenny's going to do on it and, and anything like that that you want to let people know? Yeah. So for the past, I'd say a year and a half, I've been head writing and co-producing an animated show that will be uh, premiering on Disney Channel on August 12th. And then it will be basically bingeable on Disney Plus starting August 17th. The show's called Hamster and Gretel. It's about a um, a brother and sister, uh, older brother who's about 16 and his little sister who's in elementary school. And uh, one day an alien spaceship shows up and grant and, and the spaceship says, we, we are here to grant you two powers unimaginable. A light of uh, a beam of light hits them. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they realize that Gretel got powers. The little girl, the older brother didn't get powers. And then, her little tiny pet hamster also got powers. So that creates a really weird and interesting dynamic where you have an older brother that was always babysitting and taking care of his little sister, but that little sister has, you know, superpowers. She can lift a building. She can lift a truck. And, you know, the hamster who's my favorite character, honestly, Mm -hmm. other than Abuela, who's Jenny's character, but the hamster character who's played by Beck Bennett from, from SNL. um, He, he's very funny because he's this pet hamster that suddenly is very, very, very sarcastic, is very funny, and um, is also able to lift up buildings. So even though it's a kind of like a superhero comedy, um, it's really, like, it really is a show about uh, about human relationships and about this brother and sister. And it's kind of a villain of the week type of show where every week we have a different kind of villain. And, you know, even though it is a Disney show, we write this show with with the thought that, like, we want to make this so that adults find it very witty and very funny. Mm-hmm. So this is a show not for kids. I mean, kids can watch it and, and it's geared for kids, but it's also very much geared towards adults. So it's kind of like a show for everyone, which is hard for me because I've been cussing and cursing and saying the F word for like 25 years now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's a little tough to to uh, not rely on 
curse words. So the little girl's name is Gretel. Yeah. The hamster's name is Hamster. Yeah. And then what's the brother's name? Oh, the brother's name is uh, Kevin. Yeah. And it's like there's these two other people who like get all the attention and then Kevin does stuff <laughs> behind the scenes to like help them and make them look good. Right. Like what, what was the inspiration? Well, Kevin, Kevin <laughs> um, you know, I think that might have been a coincidence, but a very, 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 very interesting coincidence because you do. <laughs> you are the Kevin of me and Jenny um, in many ways you run around and make sure everything works and makes up and make us look good. while you get none of the glory, but here you are, you're hosting your own, your own hyphenated episode. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe you should stop complaining, Kevin. <laughs> and the, uh, the, the families of Venezuelan, right? Half Venezuelan, the mom's Venezuelan. The so, dad. Yeah. yeah. So that was a really fun part. You know, I was, as I said, in the panel that you were there for, but you know, our audience most likely was not there. Um, Dan Poppenmeyer, the creator of Phineas and Fer, who created this show, reached out to me in 2020. And he was like, hey, um, I want to make a new show. I sort of have like an 11 minute pilot. I sort of finished. I, I don't really have any of the rest of the world made, um, but I'd like to bring you on. And I don't know, who knows, maybe we make the family a mixed family. And I was like, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, of course. So when I was brought on, my priority was not only, you know, make this world cohesive, make it funny, make it relatable, make it so that um, adults can really find a lot of funny quirks in it. But another priority that was really high on my list was like, this needs to be a mixed family, a Venezuelan American family. Mm -hmm. So the mom is based on my mom. Her name is Carolina, which is my, my sister's name. And she also incorporates a lot of elements from Dan's wife, who is also Venezuelan. Um, and Dan and I actually met through the internet. I was making YouTube videos in around 2016 and he reached out and he was like, Hey, my wife's Venezuelan. Your content really speaks to us. Um, I'd love to meet you next time you're in LA. And I thought it was a lie. And I thought it was um, a creepy murderer that was just stalking me and wanting to kill <laughs> me and lure me uh, by presenting himself as the creator of Phineas and Ferb. But I was dumb enough to accept his invitation. It's still, that might it, still be the plot. Like we don't I know, know in a I few might, years, Dan might just be like, hey, Joanna. And then what a long game. Like, let's yes. create a show together. Let's do this. That, and then I'll murder you. Mm -hmm. But I showed up in his house. I met his wife. I met his kids. I told the Uber driver that he could he could uh, drive off because it, he wasn't a murderer. He was the guy on the picture that was on the Wikipedia page I saw. And so we connected and we became friends. And throughout the years, we've like, you know, shared uh, scripts. We've shared uh, videos. We've sort of shared our comedic interests. So when he had the opportunity to make the show, he he wanted to give the opportunity to a young uh, female comedian to be the showrunner of a show. And I was very lucky that he thought of me. Mm -hmm. And here we are. And, you know, we we hired a lot of Latinos in the writer's room. And, and we, my, my favorite episodes are around, you know, stuff that I find emotional and personal connection, like, you know, one of my favorite episodes I've written is about Abuelita, who is played by Jenny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's based off my maternal grandmother, even physically, even how she dressed, even her little necklace is based on my real grandmother who passed several years ago. So it was like really, really fun and interesting to incorporate real parts of my life into this fictional world. Yeah. Um, and this whole entire experience of writing a show and and producing a show and head writing a show in the middle of a pandemic has felt like a fantasy. Yeah. Like it hasn't felt tangible. Like I've been on my little laptop, just tap, tapping away, like tap, tap, tap. And I'm like, I, I don't see any like proof. This is real. And then this past weekend at Comic-Con, just bringing people together in the same room, bringing the cast together, having the writers there, having Jenny there as well, having you there just made it all feel like 
very real. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. And are you, you're voicing some, a character too, right? I'm voicing a few characters. I'm voicing, uh, there's a main character called Fred, who's voiced by Joey King. Um, and I play her mom. I play La Sombrerona, which is our take on La Llorona. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I play one of the aliens that bestows the powers unimaginable. And it's actually those aliens who are sort of the aliens that are, are not only creating our superheroes, but they're, they're creating the villains our superheroes are having to fight. These two aliens that we don't know much about are actually voiced by me and Dan, which yeah. I really wanted to do because I found it funny that like yes. the two main people creating the show are the aliens creating the characters within the show. So yeah, um, that was like, you know, a, co a, a coincidence I wanted to be a, a, a purposeful coincidence, yeah. just like naming the guy Kevin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like I'm Venezuelan, I'm half Venezuelan, well, I'm Venezuelan, Colombian. And then my cousin who, I, who lives here, I was at his son's birthday party yesterday. He's turning two. My cousin knows about you and knows he's into animation and stuff. But I mentioned that the show is about half Venezuelan kids. And he immediately, he was really interested in the show, but he immediately was like, oh my God, this is going to be a great show for Edward James to watch because he's half Venezuelan, you know, and he's, he, Edward James also watches Coco. He watches uh, Encanto. So it feels like he's going to grow up seeing things on TV that represent him in different ways, you know? Yeah. And like when we started the show, it was so interesting because like we were already decided on how we wanted our family to look like and act like and sound like. So before we started actually writing the show, we had already made the decision that this was going to be uh, a, a mixed uh, ethnic family. But, you know, we, we met with the marketing team and the marketing team was like, hey, you know, we, we found some really remarkable information and discoveries about what families look like now. And, you know, over 60% or something like that. I don't remember the exact number, but it was a majority. But the majority of American families are, are a mix of different ethnic groups. Like uh, they're Latino or they're black and white. They're like, you know, it, it's not, American families aren't homogeneous in, it, in, in their majority. So for us, like we already had made that decision mm -hmm. because we wanted the families to represent us. Um, and then getting that information made me realize that like, okay, I, I wanted to make the show because I wanted people to, to, to feel identified, but also because I wish I had seen it on my, mm -hmm. on my television when I was growing up, but I didn't expect it to be that the majority of kids come from families like that. Yeah. And, you know, I always talk about how within the specific Liza Universal and when you make a show or you make a character, you make a relationship very specific and authentic to something that is real to you, it tends to have a universal appeal. So maybe if we had gotten that note from the marketing execs and they were like, you know, you should make it a mixed ethnic family, we would have asked, okay, what's the majority, what is the majority of family looking like right now? Mm -hmm. well, what are the majority of families looking like? And we had based it off that, the, the, 
writer's room wouldn't have been able to write to that specificity. Yeah. Writer's room is able to write to the specificity of us because we are that specific. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's one of the reasons, you know, we got a lot of Latinx writers in the room that represents different Latinx experiences, um, but that have brought their own personal uh, perspectives and point of views. And those that aren't Latinx on the show, um, you know, we have a a queer writer who, (laughs) sorry, I'm already laughing. He's (laughs) always like, I just want to write every gay villain there is. No, the villains aren't necessarily like, you know, saying what their sexual preferences are, but he bases a lot of his villains on a lot of queer icons. Yes. Um, and that's his way of presenting his identity through his work. Um, now they're going to say, oh my God, Disney's making our kids gay. And you know what? Would, would that be so bad? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's been really cool. And part of leading a writer's room is like making sure every writer has and feels ownership over their stories and making sure that they bring themselves into what they write. Um, and those have been my favorite episodes, the one that the ones that feel highly personal. Well, yeah, that sounds really interesting, Joanna. And I, I was actually really okay, wondering- Okay, Kevin, I, I, I'm, thank you so, I've, I'm so sorry. Okay. I, like, I literally, I literally had like 20 yeah. minutes and now okay. I have to jump into another into another meeting, I swear. Okay. I'm gonna be way more free next week, I promise. I'm here in my, I'm here in my hotel room. I've been eating yeah. from my bed. I've literally have not left this room for 48 hours okay i've been okay. working non-stop clickly clackety don't take okay. it personally okay kevin don't okay. cry okay all right well <laughs> thank you for having me on your show kevin i gotta go okay all right thank you joanna god bless you que Dios te bendiga, mijo. <laughs> next up we have jenny lorenzo a cuban-american actress comedian and writer who you may know as one of the founders of buzzfeed's better Link a producer and talent at We Are Me Too, and the creator of her own web series, Of Wells Family. She's also the co-host of What's Up Disney Plus on the Disney Plus YouTube channel, as well as a voice actor on Cartoon Network's Victor and Valentino, HBO Max's Jellystone, Netflix's Shark Dog, and the upcoming Disney show Hamster and Gretel. Hi, Jenny. Thank you for coming on Hyphenated. Well, Kevin, it's a pleasure to be on your show. It's it's amazing. This is better than Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> okay, that's I think that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, we're both like delirious and exhausted. Yeah. So tell tell us why why this week you were just you were just way too busy to record a regular episode of Hyphenated. Wow, you sound you know what you sound like those like <laughs> those like when you go on a website and a big pop up comes up. It's like hey type in your email and you get 15% off. And then like, there's an option that says, I don't want a discount. No, I like paying full price. I'm like, wow, passive aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) It's so snarky. Yeah. It's like, okay, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, why I'm so busy, you know, Kevin, it's because I'm a celebrity and celebrities (laughs) (laughs) are just busy. No, um, why am I busy? Fuck. There's so much going on. Tell us about what happened last week. Joanna talked about how she was at Comic-Con and then you were also at Comic-Con and both of you were working at Comic-Con. Whoa, it wasn't ho. all fun and games. So tell us about Comic-Con. No, it's not all fun and games. I was initially, my husband and I, we were just going to go for a day and like cosplay and have some fun. And that was it. But then not long ago, I got an email from Disney asking for me to moderate one of their biggest panels in Ballroom 20 for the new National Treasure TV series. Now, how big is Ballroom 20? <laughs> it's pretty damn big. I'll tell you that. It's I'm, like I'm thousands gonna, of people. Right, right now, I'm going to Google. Yeah, thousands of people. 
Um, the capacity is 4,800 people. Okay. And it was full. And you were moderating that. I was moderating for those who follow me on my, you know, Instagram accounts and stuff. I kind of went on like a little rant about the fact that I have stage fright and I didn't know I had stage fright until very recently Mm -hmm. because I've been acting and performing on stage since I was a kid. Um, So we were thrown out there very, very early on from plays to, to musicals to drama competitions. So I've performed live in various ways many times. So I never thought I could possibly have stage fright because I genuinely enjoy live performance. Mm-hmm. But what happens, my body thinks it's in danger and it goes into some form of fight or flight mode. And I get extremely shaky. So the butterflies in my stomach go pretty hard. My heart starts racing. And I think with the heart racing, I start shaking, especially mostly in my hands, as if I'm going to get attacked by a goddamn bear in the woods. That's what my body treats public speaking and live performance. And this was 4,000 people. This is 4,000 people. Is this the biggest audience you've ever performed in front of? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I'm going to be honest. I am more scared of live performance when I have to be myself. Yeah. I, I've done a bunch of panels. I've done panels for VidCon. I've done panels for Comic-Con and other smaller conventions. But I do a lot better if I'm on the panel than I'm than moderating. I think because of my ADHD mm-hmm. and my fear, my, my genuine fear of just fucking up, because when you're the moderator, like it's up to you to make sure that you're on time, that mm-hmm. the cast or whoever you're interviewing isn't rambling. You have to make sure you're basically in charge up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to be in charge of somebody who's rambling. Yeah, go on. Yeah, like me right now. I'm sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. To me, I think moderating is the scariest thing. But I will say this one, I was prepared. Yeah. Because... I am now taking medication for my stage fright. Yes, it exists. Turns out a lot of people and good old Hollywood take it. I I know I'm making it sound like some epic, hardcore, like illegal drug. It's literally a blood pressure medication called propolinol. And it's essentially what it does is that it lowers your your heart rate. So you're fucking chill. And it and it is prescribed to people. It was prescribed to me by my psychiatrist for people with public speaking fears. So it's helped me a great deal. And we rehearsed a lot. Disney wanted to make sure that like the cast, the cast is very new. These are all up and coming actors. Mm -hmm. So this was their first comic con. This was their first big panel. So I think overall it was a very successful panel because we rehearsed so much. Yeah. And the actors knew exactly who was going to answer what and who was going to jump in when. So yeah, I don't really know, but seeing all those people really didn't phase me. But I think 
It is actually common, though, for people to feel more nervous in a room of 20 people versus mm -hmm. a room of 4,000. Yeah, I, I think for me, like growing up for me, I had social anxiety and it was harder for me to talk to somebody one on one uh, or a group of people, a small group like, hey, I'm Kevin versus if you put me on stage to a, a, an auditorium full of people, I could perform and it didn't scare me. It was the one on one or the small group stuff that scared me. And even to this day, I'm better at talking to more people than I am at individuals like individuals mm -hmm. it makes sense because when it's a smaller group of folks you can see them better mm -hmm. it's more intimate and you feel a little more exposed than like four thousand people you can't even make out what anybody looks like it looks mm -hmm. just like a sea of heads like a where, where's waldo book <laughs> and it's just like a faceless thing it's like a yeah. like this group like this entity where you're just like i'm here versus like one person or two people who are like looking at you and judging you and like maybe they can walk away maybe yeah so yeah, I can see how 4000 is less scary than 200. Absolutely. And I know yeah. to anybody who's never done any form of public speaking, you're probably like, wow, she's freaking crazy. I would pass out and vomit on myself at 4000. And it's funny because there's a statistic out there that uh, has said that people are more afraid of public speaking than death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a there, there's a Jerry Seinfeld joke about that, where he says that uh, that means that people are uh, in a funeral setting. They rather be in the casket than than, than doing the eulogy. Oh my gosh. I mean, I get it. <laughs> as dark as that is, it's fascinating, right? Yeah. So as, as somebody who started out your career kind of hosting geek culture videos and who would attend Comic-Con, what was it like working a panel? It was one of those like pinch me moments where you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah. This is fascinating because I know a lot of you know that I, I co-host with my good friend Andre Meadows on What's Up Disney Plus for the official Disney Plus YouTube channel. And a lot of folks assume, oh, that's through that, that you got this job. And it wasn't. It was like a completely different department at Disney who knew of me and was like, we want her to moderate, which was wild. Well, that's kind of like when you when you interviewed The Rock. Yes, that was a separate department with The Rock. That was for the Disney Plus TikTok. Mm -hmm. And then uh, about a month ago, different branch of Disney for Disney animation brought me in to moderate a Zoom press conference for the new Baymax series, mm. which, by the way, the voice actor of Baymax, Scott Adsit, was the nicest guy. And he said he listens to our podcast. Oh, OK. Yeah, that was the first thing he said. I, I logged in and he's like, hey, Jenny, great podcast. Oh, nice. I was like, what? <laughs> and I told Joanna and Joanna's a huge fan of Scott. And Joanna freaked out. She's like, I love Scott. He's like the nicest guy. And of course, I mean, he's voicing Baymax. So we would hope that <laughs> whoever voices that sweet, lovable, pillowy character is a sweetheart in real life. And he is. So thank you, yeah. Scott. Hopefully you're still listening. And then there's another Disney show that you are also working on now, which is the thing that Joanna was at oh, yes. Comic-Con for. So tell us, we both went to Joanna's panel we stood in line for, what was it, six, seven hours? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we got in like right before, uh, but it was a packed room. It was a packed room. It was it was uh, not as big as Hall 20, but it was it's a big room. Still had hundreds of people in it. It still had hundreds of people. And uh, and we we scooched ourselves to the front. But tell us what, what it was like seeing your friend and co-host being interviewed at a panel. And then, you know, when uh, she brought up the character that you are playing. Oh my gosh. I'm just so proud of her, you know? And it's like, I love when good things happen to good people. 
Joanna's always looking out for others. She's helped me immensely. I mean, she's the one who recommended me to voice the Abuela character on Hamster and Gretel. And mm -hmm. she she told Dan Povenmire about me. And of course, like I still had to go through the audition process and everything. But she really vouched for me. And yeah. ultimately, the character of Abuela is based on her. I know this is a little confusing, but her her grandma was Cuban. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, this this stuff is very common. This is what so happens. this is what happens, folks. So, yeah, I like for the, the fact that Joanna even trusted me to play her abuela. Mm -hmm. And again, because like she's animated, she looks just like Joanna's abuela in real life. Um, So it's a, an absolute honor that she trusted me enough with the role and seeing her up there being head writer and also just really being grateful for people like Dan Povenmire, who he's a white man, but he's married to a Venezuelan woman. And you could tell he's just like this genuinely good guy. He cares a great deal about diversity. And he just really entrusted Joanna with this series. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I'm going to continue to shout this from the rooftops, but Hamster and Gretel is about a half white, half Venezuelan family. Yeah. And that's really special to see like a mixed family like that on in animation. And honestly, Dan could not have given it to a better person. Yeah. Because, I mean, God damn it. It's Joanna. <laughs> yeah. She She's a badass. She knows what she's doing. I know it's, I can only imagine how stressful the job was, but I could tell that that was a very special day for her. Um, I was looking at her stories all day. She was having a blast, you know, with, with the whole cast. And I wasn't expecting, um, I know that I'm a recurring character, but I knew it wasn't top tier enough to be in like an official big announcement at this panel. And everyone was asked one by one, like, who's their favorite character on the show? And then Joanna brought up the Abuela character and how special the character is to her. Because, again, it's based on her real Abuela. And then she mentioned me and it pointed me out in the crowd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so nice of her. And she was tearing up when she was talking about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So it made me feel like also motivated and inspired because i mean you and i are trying are currently developing our own animated yes. series and based on people that we know and based on our culture and based on our reality living in the hyphen yeah and so seeing her up there being able to immortalize her abuela in an animated series i mean fuck that's been my goal since day one it's how i immortalize my family my grandparents through my videos and I want to do that as well in animation. And so yeah, seeing her up there doing the, the thing, I'm like, I can do the thing too. Like, I know one day I'll be at Comic-Con, will be at Comic-Con talking about our show. Yeah. So overall, it was just a very great experience and extremely inspiring. Would you be able to give us a little preview of what the Abuela character from Hamster and Gretel sounds like versus the Abuela character that you do in your videos i can tell you this she speaks a lot faster because it's animation mm, okay and that was definitely a challenge because abuela in my video speaks very slowly mm -hmm. she's very I mm -hmm. that cannot be an animation unless it's like a gag <laughs> like yeah. a one-time gag where someone has to speak slowly but because she's so prominent in the episodes that she's in she has to speak rapid fire. So when I was in the booth, Dan was like, can you do it faster? Okay, great. Can you do it faster? And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I wasn't used to, 
And and Joanna said that the reason why they totally agreed with me playing the abuela character, aside from my obvious background playing a Cuban abuela, is because it is challenging to have someone voice a character with an accent and still be easily understood. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, for some reason, your Cuban abuela accent, people can still understand what you're saying. And that was very important. So... I'm trying to remember, but I mean, again, like if I, hola, mi niño, como esta? It's like, hola, mi niño, como esta? Yeah. It's just faster. I made sure to still keep the old, um, the aging in the voice. Yeah. But yeah, she just, she's, she's a lot sharper. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say she's as old. She's definitely way more spry. Yeah. And uh, very active and very quick-witted compared to Abuela in my videos. Well, I know that you're also very busy today. I think you're going to be, this week, you're shoot you're shooting Disney plus and you're shooting another show that I don't think you can talk about. So it's a very busy week, so I don't want to keep you, uh, but thank you for joining us on hyphenated and making the time to be here. How, how would you rate me as a host? How am I doing? Oh, you're great, Kevin. Oh yeah. So I, should I, should I quit my day job? No, my, my podcast producing and video producing and just do my own podcast and host. No. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego.